0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all my baggage droppers around the world, Welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast with me, your host, the self-talk engineer, Charles Woolfork, where we talk to people that are dope, that can give you hope and ke- and teach you a technique that can help you cope. This episode is brought to you by Breanne & Company. Breanne & Company is a jewelry boutique that makes durable, minimalist jewelry genu- that uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, precious metals, and quality handcrafted designs. This Hawaiian locally made jewelry is made by Brianne Light herself, and you can reach her at her Instagram that is always popping. When you look at at Brienne and Company, or you can look at her website, Co.com. Thank you so much, Brienne and Company. But now the man of the hour who we're really here for is Mason Chalk. Now, Mason Chalk is outstanding. And this is just a few of the accolades that he's had. Now, He is a former firefighter and spent 12 years in that position as a, special, as a rescue specialist. He's a Hawaiian enrichment. He was a Hawaiian enrichment program and uh, programming and became the executive director of the Native Hawaiian Education Association. A few of his friends and firemen uh, came together to build a challenge ropes course at Waipa, and thus they began their company, Kauai Team Challenge. Leadership. Uh, he is also the program director and executive director of Leadership Kauai, and uh, their focus is on leadership development for socioeconomic change and positive growth focused in the sector of education, business, and uh, government. Today, he is one of 40 certified master facilitators of the Leadership Challenge in the world. He has served in the Kauai County Council since 2013. Ladies and gentlemen, this man just loves to give and he is the chair of the Kauai Resilience Pro, uh, pr- Project and the president of Malama Huleia. He is also a outstanding husband, outstanding and supportive husband and the father of three wonderful kids, most uh, most of all. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you, Mason Chock.
1: What's up, Mason? <laughs> aloha, 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 Charles. Good to be here with you. Thank you so much uh, for that introduction. Um, happy to be here and, and, and jump on board with, uh, how we can be more resilient for sure. Amen.
0: Amen. So like, was it always in your blood to just give back and, and, you know, take on that responsibility or kuleana to be a a greater part of your community?
1: You know, I, I like to say, yeah, I was born that way, but I think it was probably learned, uh, which, which, you know, kind of proves that everyone can do it and, and get into that mindset, right. Of service. Um, there were a couple sort of pinnacles I think in my life that that shifted me. They're definitely, my my family, my ohana, um, ha, has it in their heart as, as servants. Um, but I think one of the sort of the the um, turning points was um, actually the high school that I went to was for all Native uh, Hawaiians called Kamehameha. and you um, know it's interesting that the school wasn't so solely focused on the fact that we were uh, you know the, the details of. How it is we were Hawaiian, but just the fact that we were special in the sense that we represented a specific group that was underrepresented, and and it it was you know through the the princess's will who oversees the 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 um, the, the school mm-hmm. uh, to really create industrious men and women, and um, you know so it it started to drive home this idea of kuleana, and I think that may, many uh, graduates from this school have that sense of responsibility, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to understand, you know, how it is they serve their people. And uh, so that, that I think has stuck with me um, and certainly led my life in terms of service. I always say, you know, a lot of the graduates from Kamehameha either become, you know, teachers uh, firemen or policemen. uh, (laughs) And I was no different. I I became a firefighter, uh, not really, with the interest of serving it was just like, Hey, I wanted a job to come back to on my Island.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
1: was a young father, uh, but definitely was my, um, you know, my introduction to real hands-on service. I mean, I was a, you know, I was a, a waiter prior to that, but this was about a different, because people now went, when the bell rang, mm-hmm. like people really needed me, they weren't just saying, Hey, Garcon, come here. Uh, <laughs> they are like, Hey, I need your help, man. And, and it was really, I think something that, you know, lit the fire for me. Yeah, right. Like this is something that um you know drives my passion and being able to help people. Um, and that stuck with me. I think of all the things that you introduced me with, I'm I'm still all of those things. It's just sort of scaffolded, built upon over the years. So,
0: and where did your leadership skills come from? I mean, what did it come from, Kamea, and and then compound from there, or did it start that much younger?
1: Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, what happened for me, as I said, I was a firefighter, I was on the rescue team, you know, back in 2001, it was like this afternoon, we were headed to uh, Nepali coast, which is uh, typically where in the afternoons, we get a call, because someone stranded or got hurt on the Nepali coast. And it's yeah. like, you know, 13 miles, right of, of pretty treacherous terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so this one was different, uh, no different. Someone had gotten hurt. They, they they called in. It was about five o'clock, six o'clock, and it takes about five minutes to get over the ridge from Lihue, mm-hmm. from where our headquarters is, all the way to Napali Coast. We never made it. We uh, we actually uh, about at about fifteen hundred feet elevation, we lost our engine, and so uh, we did uh, what was uh, called an auto rotation, basically where you know you could stop the rotors and. And uh, luckily, we weren't very, you know, too high up above uh, Wai'aleale, which is the center of the, of the island, right. where we were able to sort of glide down and, and, and do a emergency landing. We, we broke our tail uh, off, um, you know, and luckily, we had just a great pilot. Uh, he uh, was able to keep us from doing what I call the death tumble, mm-hmm. you know, into, into the valley. So we got caught up on some trees. The the long story uh, short story here is, is that I was hurt in that process. I ruptured three discs and broke my back, mm. which led me sort of on this different pathway. And that different pathway was first for me in understanding like how can I move forward in my life. You know, I I was pretty adamant that I was going to be the fire chief,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but but you know that just wasn't in the cards, so to speak. Mm. Wasn't in in, in in as my fate and and luckily you know when i went to to meet a lot of people healers uh who you know they they were there for me in a lot of different ways not just for physically but they were able to guide give me some spiritual guidance as well Amen. and part, you know in, in that guidance you know ideas that i could do something else in service really came up um what i had done right before i had gotten hurt was as you mentioned start this challenge ropes course um I was pretty active, we don't, you know, as firefighters, we only work 10 days a, a month. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty active in the community on my days off. I, I was not even working another job at the hotel, but I was helping some of my classmates with who I had mentioned, you know, have that, that service mentality. And we had started a charter school called Kanu Ikapono.
0: Oh, wow. And you yeah,
1: you you started that? We, we helped found it. Yeah. I was That's on the awesome. Uh You know, the idea was that, he, you know, we wanted to work with, get our kids into different atmospheres and uh, and you know the different ways that they would learn mm-hmm. so the idea of the ropes course really kind of fit into that and at white because we start, started a youth mapping group with another one of my classmates stacy Sprout. Mm-hmm. so Ipotorio at kanui kapono and stacy Sprout on the on, on north shore there we just got together and we said like you know what do we want for our kids we were at that age of having kids so okay. um the ropes course was my contribution i guess <laughs> <laughs> which led me you know, again, down this idea of like, okay, it, it's, it's about team building. It's about, you know, bonding. It's about learning and growing. And it naturally fit into the emergence of leadership Kauai. Mm-hmm. And so um, in the 19, so we started the ropes course in 1999 and around 2003, um, we were kind of on this island experiencing this economic boom, mm-hmm. you know, real estate just booming as what it continues today. Uh, And, and uh, it was sort of the first glimpse um, of Kauai seeing this, this really pressure, you know, like this, this heating of our Island internally Mm. um, from, from not only have and have nots, but those who were coming from somewhere else Mm -hmm. and calling this home now. And those who have been here, you know, since the plantation era. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our meetings were, you know, becoming contentious, heated. And we, you know, there were a few leaders uh, that even that preceded me that, that really came together. Uh, those from the Chamber of Commerce, those from the from government, you know, just the leaders at the time that said, look, we should do something like, well, let's get together and start something where we can bring together some of these minds and bridge people. And so the idea of Leadership Kauai is where, is that that's where it was founded. I came on board to help with that because I had a challenge ropes course and I was doing team building and so forth. Yeah, And so I naturally sort of eased into helping with the program, Um, later became the program director, started the youth segment, which enlisted uh, juniors in high school from every school, private and and public, and then rolled into the executive director position. I was in that position for about six or seven years. Wow. Um, Through that period is where I I really had to dive deep, took the deep dive into leadership development. Mm -hmm. That's where the leadership challenge came into uh, uh, the view for me. And, um, you know, there's so many, you know, um, not only really theories, but applications on leadership uh, and leadership styles to uh, metrics on leadership and what we should be doing and, and how to be successful. For, for us, obviously, with Leadership Kauai, it was about how can we strengthen our community?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I dove into that uh, and became a, a master facilitator, as you mentioned, uh, of, of, of that work. And, and it's, it's expanded you know, uh, over the years, and I continue to do that work. Um, but, you know, eventually, you know, the idea that everyone has this capacity to lead, has it innately within them, all we have to do is like, help them unleash it. Yeah. You know, it was really about us doing more than just, you know, 20 youth and 20 adults in our annual program. It was really about us reaching a tipping point,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Hawaii, so that everyone's sort of speaking this language of leadership and how we can help each other become more. So I left, you know, and that's where I started. Uh, I sort of taken, um, Kauai team challenge and called it Kupuae, which is leadership development, um, and expanded on it. And so we still in tandem leadership Kauai and Kupuae leadership development for-profit nonprofit in Hawaii.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's, I love how you stick to your guns. Like you see something and you don't just talk about it. You take action, whether it be from uh, separating from a leadership challenge. There was and, and, and starting um, your own um, organization or whether it be building a school, whether it be anything. You know, what I mean, Becoming an executive director of leadership. Hawaii, you always walk in the walk for someone that like wants to tap into that leadership quality within them. What skills or mindset should they start with in order to start to uh, kind of make this transformation that they want to make?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, there are just some fundamentals that I would I would touch upon. The first is, you know, this idea that everyone has this innate capability. So a lot of people don't believe, you know, that they have this. And and the word leadership in itself is sort of an old paradigm word. All right, but as I look at it in the 21st century, really the application is the fact that we all are influencing. Right, we all have this capacity, just about every couple minutes to influence. Right, mm-hmm. to have some impact, and so that's a conscious choice. The, the 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 I guess the question is like, how do you want to influence, mm-hmm. and who do you want to be in that process? So, so that's the first one is like everyone is a leader, right? So everyone can can learn it. Uh, The other is that, you know, it's, it's gotta be a choice. Like we can choose to act on it or not, like you said. Right. And so you got to like consciously be willing to say, Hey, I'm asking for this. I I want to do something. Uh, You know, I want to make a difference. Uh, But part of that is really just understanding who you are, right. Your innate values, what you believe in, what you're passionate about. And that's an exploration in itself. So, you know, I mean at the foundational level it's like if you're committed to lifelong learning, if you're committed to you know the fact that life is sort of like just a series of like experiences that we can take and no matter difficult or even pleasant and happy uh, have something to share
2: mm-hmm.
1: with us about who we are and who we want to be uh, then then we're on the trajectory of already leading you know and from there we can constantly make choices about how it is we apply mm-hmm. the things that we're learning. Um, so, so that's really it.
0: So, is the is it's tapping into your skills that you already have, and then ap- uh, applying it into a leader, uh, not a leadership role, but in a way that you're influencing others. Because you don't necessarily have to be a uh, you don't have to be a leader like to have a have a title in order to be a leader.
1: Absolutely, and, you know. And the more and more I learn, and you, if you hear the stories from, you know, all over the world. And that's really why I'm connected to the leadership challenge. challenges about the research piece of it, of really kind of gaining clarity on what is showing up in the world. But after, yeah. you know, 5 million observers in our database, there's some, some consistency that we're looking at in terms of like, yeah, we, we gotta, you know, if we want to lead, then really it's about how we model the way, right. It's about how it is. We have a great vision or understand vision, but more, more so how we, mobilize people towards that vision and are willing to, within that vision, look for, initiate change and be willing to be in somewhat of a struggle
2: Mm -hmm.
1: to gain something that's better for all of us. That's, that's the collective approach to, to, to how it is this, you know, this idea of leadership works at least. So it takes a,
0: a, so it takes a selflessness, like a selflessness and a, and a desire to serve and to give uh, in order to, to be that leader, of course.
1: I do think it is. I mean, I, I I certainly think that selflessness is part of it, but I also think that there's a balance in that selflessness to understand like who what's important for us and to understand that as much as we value ourselves, is how much we can value others as well. Oh, so so that that part of that is really an exploration, right. Of, of who we are and our willingness to, like you said, or, you know, this idea of continuous learning is, it's like, I do this work now and I started this work Mm -hmm. when I got hurt Right. When my back was was injured and I was lost and I was really angry with the world. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, man, something's been taken from me. And it wasn't until I really started to see uh, life in a different way and, and, mm. and realize hey, you know, there's no m- mistakes. There's just, this is just lessons, Mason. You know, it's how you how you take those lessons and apply them. You know, don't be stuck in really who what's been given you, whether it be good or bad. It's what you take with it and, and and how you apply it moving forward. And so that idea of uh, of leading really is what what stemmed out of that.
0: Amen. Amen. And like you you're you're talking about looking within yourself a lot, you know, and it, it kind of goes it pretty much is hand in hand with with self-reflection. So tell me about how much self-reflection that you do and how you do it.
1: Yeah. That, that brings me up a story. So like, and I'm sorry to keep going back to that, that painful time. Right. It was sort of when I look back at, at the the accident, the helicopter crash Mm -hmm. now, 20 years later, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Of course, I didn't feel that at the moment. (laughs) Right. (laughs) One of the people that, that, that mentored me, her name was Mahilani Poi Poi. I think think Mahilani was a, a, she was like a healer, Mm -hmm. you know, seer and a healer. And one of the things she, she said to me, you know, is like, you know, she said, boy, you, you know, you, you have it in you to, to serve to, you yeah. know, and you're going to find other ways to do it. But in order to take that to another level, you got to go home and clean your holly. You know, she said, you got to go home and clean your house. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, of course, wasn't really, my house is pretty clean, but, right. you know, what she meant <laughs> was like, He said, like, look within, yeah. you know, do the dig deeping here so that there's clarity within you in order for you to share really mm-hmm. how it is. So I've been dedicated to that aspect of the work. Mm -hmm. So Selfishly, the work that I do, even even jumping in on on wanting to help in government and being on the county council was somewhat self-serving because I felt like, one, I would be enriching myself by learning, this learning opportunity to challenge myself, but also the opportunity to model what I believe is part of what leadership is. And so I actually live my life that way where I am looking for those kinds of opportunities where they may be more challenging.
0: So like, how, how do you like, do you sit down and you meditate? You think you, do you see like, how can I get out of my comfort zone? Why is this? Why is this a place that is not in my comfort zone? Like it's the how, because I would like for, like, selfishly for me, but also for any of the listeners out there to go, like, okay, this is how I can actually apply what Mason did and start my journey to being a better leader and being a better person like, like you are.
1: Yeah, no, thanks. I mean, I, I think, one, not only those foundational sort of uh, mantras, like, like you know, the no mistakes, right? Uh, you know, everything's a learning lesson. This puts you in a frame of mind to, like, seek out the answer yeah. and reflect. And you, you mentioned that. I mean, I think reflection is such a uh, underutilized tool, right? That's always accessible to us. I think that I've evolved, though, even from that standpoint of like, okay, like this is what's been you know given to me. You know, what is it? You know, to, <laughs> to, to like reflecting, whether it be meditating. I mean, I, I really think that it's it, it enlists all aspects, you know, spiritually, mind, body, soul, right? Uh, to to be able to to um, feel comfortable with it. I mean, I do a lot of not only reflection, but prayer, mm-hmm. right. Prayer meaning, uh, you know, not in a dogmatic way, but really just like asking for clarity on a mm-hmm. consistent basis. And so much of within our native Hawaiian culture is about seeking those who are ancestors for support. yeah, Right. And trusting that when those and paying attention, really, I mean, part of meditation is our ability to pay attention to, the small things, mm-hmm. the, the signals, the, the messages that are coming through so that every person I meet, I have, I'm have, i almost like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Why am I meeting this person? Mm. What do we have to share with each other? Or why is this message coming through so clearly? And we call it our na'au, right? Where we're feeling this within our, our opo, our stomach, mm-hmm. right? It's like, this is, this is something to pay attention to. I've been able to tune into that over the years more succinctly, um, but it's taken practice, but it's not only, so it's not only that sort of uh, spiritual aspect of application, but it's also this internal aspect of, you know, looking at how do I be strong physically? How do I be strong mentally, emotionally, and and seeking some of the tools out there, like you said, uh, whether it's, like I said, going swimming in the morning, swim in the morning, or, you know, um, practicing it, you know one of the things that leadership development has allowed me to do is by teaching it as you know, right you become more proficient at it sure. So I go through this this cyclical uh, exercise of values to vision to action mm. uh, every time I run another workshop, you know and I do it with others. Uh, and see what they go through. So I'm like, wow, wow. boom! Every new insight every time I do it, you know? Oh I mean? yeah,
0: oh yeah. So like, um, uh, doing it like using the different modalities, whether it be meditation or prayer or, or self reflection, yeah. and then um, having a true belief that everything happens for a reason, and that this universe is unfolding perfectly, and there's a reason why you uh, have these little breadcrumbs or run into these events that you run into throughout your life. And then challenging yourself to take advantage of these opportunities that have come upon you, come your way. And then looking within to not only learn, but also teach what you have learned. And what were those V's again? Vision, value. And what was that again?
1: Yeah. That, that values to, to vision, to action.
0: Values right. to vision, to action. I love that. That's, a, that's outstanding right there. That's gangsta. I mean,
1: the last piece what I would say is that it's about people. I mean, as I said, you know, when I meet people, um, so much of who I am is about the bridge and understanding where our connections are. Mm-hmm. I do think that we are here to help each other along that, mm-hmm. that, uh, journey. So it's about relationships ultimately, you know, and, and how we apply those relationships, in a in a mutual learning environment. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So that's, that's, a, that's a part of the things that's with resources. Cause, um. You know, we have plenty of resources around us. All we have to do is just look for them. So you okay. said the tools that are going to help you be successful. Uh, but another resource is the people, the help. The the, the, the the If you join forces with someone, you can always get things done. You know what I mean? The teamwork makes the dream work, uh, which which you totally taken advantage of, whether it been through your company and you teaming up with other firemen. Leadership kawaii, where it's a like a coalition of people coming together in order to make a better Kauai but also with uh, the Kauai County Council. Now, Bri, you got some guts to go under that type of scrutiny where you go into the county council. I mean, it's a it's a it's a blood sport over here with that stuff. So tell me, how did you get into that back in 2013,
1: 2012-2013? It's a great story. <laughs> yeah, it's one that, you know, in in my role in nonprofit in, in leadership Kauai I had, uh, you know, my, the conversation I would have with my mentors was, yeah, it's about systemic change, but how does that happen? Does it happen from the inside out or from the outside in? Well, you know, when you look at our, our biggest systems like government education, right. Business, these are, are pretty bureaucratic systems. And so I always, my, my response to always to it was always, it's got to happen from the outside. I don't see it happening from the inside.
2: Mm. Um,
1: when I left leadership Kauai and I, I said, look, government, business, education. I'm going to go to education first, because that's where the open door is. We all, it's like the easiest, lowest hanging fruit, right? It's like everyone, everyone knows we want the best for our kids. Well, you know, man, that was a real real eye-opening experience for me. I got the opportunity to take our program, our leadership program, and institute it it into the school system. Mm -hmm. And I did that for about seven years. And it was, it was great, a great experience, but you know what, what I learned in that process of being in the trenches was compassion and empathy for understanding what the dynamics was that our teachers would go through or, and our yeah, students yeah. were going through, you know, being in a small confined space, you know, 40 students to one teacher, for instance, um, and, and expecting that, you know, we're going to have meet standards, you know, on a regular basis, um, you know, really was kind of like the boom for yeah. me in, in recognizing like, no, the only way I can really affect change is if I actually put myself into understanding what the dynamics are that's happening within these systems.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's where that hands-on approach really, I think, has um, stuck with me. So in 2013, <laughs> this island was sort of on a at this this uh, tipping point, oh. I'll call it, because mm-hmm. um, for years agriculture has always been from the plantation era has been a, a huge uh, piece of, of who we are and, and mm-hmm. you know I mean we would people we would all still argue today that in order to keep our rural character agriculture is what we need to invest in and I think it's true mm-hmm. the fact is we've come from an industrial sort of approach to agriculture which was hasn't been sort of you know it's definitely not hasn't been the organic approach where you know <laughs> where we have backyard farms and so to speak like we did in in, in World War II mm-hmm. but um, that sort of came to a head when we started to get some of these companies that were doing more research. And so there were questions from the community that were coming up. And there was concerns because whenever they'd spray, some of the kids at the school would get sick. People surrounding the the fields were starting to complain about the smell. And there was some evidence coming around worldwide that, hey, this might be bad for you. And so there was uh, uh, an appeal to the council at the time. Of course, I wasn't there um, to, to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And what they did is ba- basically they, they did barriers, right? They said, well, we're going to create buffer zones for you folks to do your work, which impinges upon their ability to grow food mm-hmm. <laughs> and be a sustainable or uh, company. Mm-hmm. Um, this resulted in literally marches in the street. 3,000 people marching in the street on Kauai, which we've never seen ever before.
0: Hey, well, like uh, the Hawaiians will come out and they will protest effectively, yo. <laughs> but, <exactly. laughs>
1: but it became a divisive situation um, because it became sort of a worldwide platform for GMO versus non-GMO.
2: Yeah.
1: So the council at the time started uh, to put up into action a bill. They passed the bill, a buffer zone bill. Um they, they were calling it a pesticide bill. It was Bill 2491. It evidently got vetoed by the the uh, mayor. The, the the mayor's position was it wasn't a county role, it was a state role. Uh so we were preempted by the state. Ooh. Um and and then so ha- what happens at the council, and I never knew this, of course, is the county council has two weeks. They can actually override the veto with a supermajority vote, which is five votes. So they have two weeks to do that after mm-hmm. the override, after the veto, and within that two weeks, they there was an opening on the on the mayor's in the mayor's cabinet, and one of the county council members opted to take that position, which left a vacancy on the council, and so there was this looming vote. Now they didn't have all the vo- six, all seven members, right? And what what started to come become um, clear was that. The votes for the override weren't there any longer like people were flipping their votes because they're like no you guys are causing more damage you are not doing the right way and and so one of the members in that in that period when they went for the vote called for a recess and they said look we don't have we're not full we, we need seven members to make this decision we're gonna we need to and and when what when there's a vacancy like that they can appoint a position right that that vacancy and so essentially they 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 said, OK, we're going to go get this person. And so within a few days, they sent out a request for people to, to submit their name. OK, there were a few um, of my mentors, people who were part of Leadership Kawhi in the past who reached mm-hmm. out to me and said, hey, will you please help us put your name in? I was like, I don't know. This is, you know, kind of spooky. I wasn't really paying attention <laughs> to the, um, the actual issue myself. So I it's connected. I wasn't involved in it. Naively, I put my name in there. <laughs> 18 other people. I got selected, appointed, and within that moment that I got appointed, I was I was uh, sworn in, and then sub- subsequently went into a four-hour meeting on the legal aspects of this particular bill. Wait because a second. They were you said 19 days. No, so they so they okay. So they had the two weeks.
2: They two weeks. Took two 14 days. days.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they they took two uh, couple of days to hire someone. And then they swore me in on the minute, 14, within 15 minutes oh. in a meeting for four hours to decide like what I should be doing on this override
0: Dang. All all
1: lined up on the street, sleeping on the sidewalks and, and they were going to vote out on it the next day. So I was basically, I got off at, you know, I got done with the briefing at 6 PM. And for that next 24 hours, I was bombarded, ah. right? And I was like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I get myself? Here? <laughs> Woke up the next morning, nine o'clock was the vote. I walked in, I needed security to walk in, oh right? My God. And uh, we sat there and, you know, we took the vote. And, and, and the reason why I tell that story is, is I think the work that I had done in leadership prior to that was really key for me yeah. Yeah. in terms of clarity of what my values were.
2: Yeah. Because
1: I, at that point, I couldn't listen to anyone else. Not even my family who was definitely on one side of the fence because <laughs> mentors who were telling me like this is what you gotta do, Mason. Yeah. You know, do the right thing. And there was no right at this moment. Um that's that's how I got into the council under a hail of fire. And um, you know, I stuck with it for a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to I had lost friends basically after that vote. Dang. Um you know I, I voted in favor of the override.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um What happened was it went to court. They they sued us. The company sued the county Mm -hmm. and the Supreme Court um, agreed with them. They said, look, it's the state's job to figure it out. We didn't know. No one knew. But now there was clarity that it was the state's job. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we said, "Okay, no problem. Um, But I wanted to stay in the boat. I wanted to stay there in order to prove that. You know, these things are difficult decisions. They don't end well. And we need to be able to model that we can still come back to the table with aloha, with love. Yeah. still bring people together. And so the last eight years really has been about me modeling how that can happen at the council and in the community. And I have to say, I feel like to that end, I've been successful uh, because I feel like, you know, I've, I've reconnected with all of those people that, you know, we don't all have to agree. leadership is that that's what it's about, you know, Yeah. but we have to respect each other and we have to be able, willing to, to venture as far as we can together in, in, in this exploration of what is best for us.
0: Yeah, for sure. Within your time as a county council member, what are you most proud of as far as the differences that you've seen made because of you guys, you guys coming together and making proper decisions?
1: Yeah, I, I, I really feel like I've been able to hold space for how it is we can, you know, completely disagree, you know, with each other at the table, but com- completely admire and support each other mm-hmm. uh, mutually, uh, you know, um, in ways that that uh, understand and recognizes their point of view. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of dignity and respect, I think, is often missing and and, and sort of, is used to divide and segregate, particularly in our world today, as we see it happening everywhere from social media to the highest offices of government Real talk. And in our in our country and in our world that we have on Kauai know that we how to how to do it, you know, so that we will stay together regardless. And and that it's more about the collective voice and where we need to go and that we need to be willing to be flexible and realign constantly. Mm -hmm. In order to get the best outcomes,
0: yeah, yeah, like that's one thing that's so amazing about Hawaii in in general is the fact that the main value here is aloha with the aloha state, right? So that love and compassion, I mean, um, even I I mean, listen, I I don't go to the rallies up on Rice Street, right up the street for me. But I do know that they say that whether you're, you believe in this or you believe in that, come on by, celebrate with us. It's all full of, full of love and acceptance. And, you know, I've, ever since I've come here, I, it's been an embracing of that. And as long as you also give that respect, it's, uh, it, it's shown to you as well. Um, and if you're not, then you're still show patience, but also you're like you're showing like, okay, this, you know, it's it's kind of lead you into a, a different direction as well. It's it's an amazing culture to be a part of. And I mean, you grew up in it. You're you are it, you know.
1: Yeah, it is. And and we need reminders every day. We need people to model it and show it up, show up with it every day and from every background, you know. uh. Within teaching our kids about it and, and how that plays out, but also sharing with visitors and newcomers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, we, there's a lot to learn, I, I think, all the way around. And if we give each other the chance to to um, to be in that space long enough, I think that we we learn to appreciate each other. It's about trust building uh, vulnerability, trust. Right.
0: How do you teach your kids that these values of the Hawaiian ways? Mm.
1: Well, you know, I mean, part of it is I, I believe so much that that we learn by doing, mm-hmm. you know, hands on work is, is the best uh, and experience is the best uh, teacher. And so it's been about always about how to provide those experiences for for my, my children.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so that's that's very diverse. It can be about taking them on a trip. Right. Uh, it can be about being in nature. Uh, it can be about sports. Uh, it can be about, you know, just sitting down and spending time together, listening to, to each other or reading with each other mm-hmm. it's about me showing that vulnerability that I mm-hmm. can practice being vulnerable in the moment and fail and, and recognizing that, you know, and, and speaking to it in a way that, uh, models that, that it's okay for them to do the same yes. and that they're in safe places, but it's also about fortifying them, right. To, to be, um, clear about how it is, um, or, or work towards being clear about who it is they want to be, yes. uh, and questioning that constantly. So, 100%. Um, man, that's a full time job.
0: Right? <laughs> a being, you know, like uh, and, and not being off because you got little eyes watching you all the time.
1: Oh man, they're the best teachers for sure. Yeah, for sure.
0: That's a, that's amazing, and man, like. um, Here on the Drop Your Baggage podcast, we talk to people that are dope, that give you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope. And uh, with you looking inside, this is a perfect opportunity for you to do so because right here, I take people through the mental and emotional release process. Now, for all you out there uh, with the mental and emotional release process, it is a neurolinguistic programming technique. Please do not try this on your own. Please go to a practitioner of neurolinguistic programming if you are going to try it. And Mason, I am not a therapist or a psychologist or a social worker. Anything of that nature, I am a man that is uh, given an alternative to all of those things. And I need to tell you that for my lawyer. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, with this technique, today you decided to get rid of the limiting belief or the fear that I'm not good enough. Can you please tell us like, a little bit about how that has affected you in your life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one that I think that I've been able to peel back the layers on slowly by slowly. But, you know, it's, there's always residue, right? There's always there's these, these little things, they come up here and there, like, like feelings or even, you know, questions within yourself. I, I grew up with a pretty, you know, uh, conservative family. Uh, you know, we, we, we were never wealthy. Uh, and, in fact, I, I, I grew up in, um, uh, you know, KPT initially. where This is in Oahu, which is, you know, sort of welfare homes uh, in, in Honolulu.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, coming from sort of plantation background, my, my, my family, you know, they, they were uh, they had this mindset, I think, all, all plantation immigrants with, you know, we're coming here uh, to for a better life. And, you know, in this land, this free, you know, free land, uh, uh, you know, and we got to not only make the best of ourselves, but we, we have to come w- with a sense of humbleness and hard work. And so we should be happy with what we have, mm. you know? And so, so, so this, and, and it's prevalent today, if you look around the community still, is sort of like, uh, don't, don't make waves, don't speak out, um, you know, uh, be happy with what you have, yeah. uh, that's enough, you know? And, and so it can be in some ways it's, it, it can be looked, viewed upon as being humble in other ways. It can be viewed upon as being limiting, uh, in terms of mind.
0: Right.
1: Um, and so that's sort of traveled with me. And and, and I find it, I, I found it in terms, I've always found it show up for me uh, when there's uncertainty, right? So big, you know, big decision, Mason, should you put in for, you know, put your application in for the, for the county council, you know, yeah. like, well, every doubt comes up, right? Like the doubt about, you know, like, am I, am I ready for it? Am I good enough for it? Can I, can I actually contribute to it? you know, you can almost talk yourself out of amazing opportunities that show up at your doorstep. You know, if you listen to those doubts right. enough, right. And that certainly, you know, comes true every time there's a new opening or, you know, as I said, I always, I, I kind of embrace the struggle. So if I see struggle, I'm actually looking for it, but that doesn't mean it's not there for me. I, mm-hmm. I still like, am afraid of it. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, and, and, and so, I mean, I, Case in point, if I it was to, uh, it happened when, when I left Leadership Kauai the first time, right? I, I was in a cushy job, you know, great paid nonprofit. I left because there was something within me, a passion within me that said, Mason, if you really want to create systemic change, you got to do more than just, you know, 40 people a year. You got to try and connect with the whole community. And so I left the job, but, you know, I was afraid of being not being able to drive income, right. You know, survive, Mm -hmm. live, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, pay my mortgage. Uh, And so those things can really limit you today. uh, You know, I am terming out from the County council. Um, You know, we have term limits. It's been nine years. Um, In November, I'll be seeking out something else to do. Wow. You know, and, and that's new Terry, new change, new fears, right? Like, yeah. oh my God, what do I do? All <laughs> right. And so that, that's really relevant for me right now about yeah. uh, that, that fear is there for sure. And am I good enough in some of what I'm seeking? Like, you know, some, some would say, well, Mason, you know, you're a county council person, you know, I mean, you should, you know, you can do a lot of things now, you know, perhaps, you know, that you've been in the community and people know you. The fact is, I think I, you know, I need to believe what that really is for me.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Real talk. Like, and that's all it is. Is that that knowing that we can handle anything that is put in front of us because we always have the evidence is always there. You know, whatever challenge comes your way, um, whether it be surviving a helicopter to building businesses and nonprofit organizations. To running, I mean, throwing like literally thrown in the fire (laughs) for the county council. You've made it, you've made it, uh, you've survived it, but not only did you survive it, but also you've left positions better than they were before when you first got into it. So the, the evidence is there, it's just that this old programming that you have, this old programming is telling you to be satisfied. This old program is to say, don't reach for the stars and you break past that but how like what how much is that little hesitancy or that little bit of fear holding you back from being a blessing to someone else and someone else and someone else or doing something that maybe not even in your consciousness as of right now just because you're trained to kind of subdue that ambition it's it, it's uh, it, it's impressive that you break past it and that you have that will to conquer your fears and to stare your fears right in the face, you know, but, uh, to, to get rid of that, will just, uh, eliminate that buffer, if you will, that buffer between your ultimate success, which you will have and, or I'm getting, sorry, getting started and your ultimate success that you will have. You see?
1: Yeah, I, I hear you. I (laughs) and uh, give me too much credit. I think, uh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think it's like, it's like layers. I mean, it's always there though. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It, I mean, I'm, I guess my point is that I don't know if it goes away.
0: That's a limiting belief, my friend, but only that's, but I only say that because I'm a self talk engineer, right? That's yeah, what, okay. this is what I do. I help people eliminate those fears, get rid of those fears. So like people are so used to having that mindset of fear is always there. It's always prevalent. It's always in the back of your mind, that negative self-talk. That's why I call myself a self-talk engineer because eliminating that negative self-talk unleashes so much potential because then you have these goals that you see you can reach and all you got to do is just take inspired action. After you have a plan and the tools, you just take inspired action and you uh, just drive it with consistency and then boom, all of a sudden you manifest whatever you want.
1: So do you think that it can, it can be there, but, but you can, you know, you can, I mean, obviously we can overcome it because we have, and we mm-hmm. can, you know, that's proven, but, um, it's you, what I'm hearing you say is you can wipe it out of existence. So it never comes back.
0: Exactly. So, okay. if, uh, with the skills through neuro-linguistic programming. So, uh, you know, Tony Robbins, yes. Sure. Tony Robbins. Uh, not, not, not like personally. Right. He came to Kauai a couple of times. I've, hear, I've heard stories about him in Princeville, but that's for another episode. Uh, but like he that's what he does. He helps people overcome themselves and their old programming. So with this technique that, I, that we're going to do together, it shifts your consciousness. Uh, it shifts your consciousness from what you were afraid of. And you look at it at a different perspective. So, for example, um, you know, these things already consciously. So, you know that. So, in, in fact, you're 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 great at it, know, at knowing things because, uh, consciously like, oh, you know, it's going to be a great opportunity. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to help so many people. And then you break past that fear and then boom, you have a breakthrough to where you rise to the next level. But what I'm saying is once you look at things from a different perspective, all that goes away because the negative self-talk isn't there. All you see is the The positives all you see is the 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 um the end uh, the end goal so all all of a sudden that time that you spent being afraid and having that kind of doubt it get that it is It, it gets rid of the doubt and it's permanent so like i call it the santa claus effect OK, the Santa Claus effect is when you're young, you believe in Santa Claus. I hope your kids aren't around or I hope your little your son's not around. <laughs> you believe in Santa Claus, right? You believe in the whole giddy up with the milk and cookies. Now that you're nice. He's taking trips around the world, sneaking, sneaking into your house, all that. And you believe it like you have conviction that it is real. Like there's no other world. However, one day you find out mommy and daddy are buying the gifts and Santa's not real. Right then and there, your consciousness, it sh- it shifts and it changes. So you're looking at the world through a whole different filter. So you can't go back to believing in Santa anymore. You can only see, oh, I got to ask mom and dad for what I want for Christmas now. Like your whole world shifts. And so you can't go, oh, yeah. Uh, even if you do go back to like, oh, yeah, Santa is. And then you're like, wait a second. Santa's not real. Let me go ask dad for this playstation 5 or 6 or whatever they're on right now you know what i mean so it's that's how quick it is when you shift your consciousness you can't go back to the old consciousness i mean you've you've shifted your consciousness on so many things now that you are capable of and that people in general are capable of how business works how families work how uh how government works you have a you can't see things from an from an old way you know what i mean and now that you have that new consciousness it just kicks in And you just go upon your day with that new consciousness, with a new education, a new awareness that you never had before. You see? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: On man. Bring it on.
0: Ah, Let's go. All right. Let's go. All right. So there's three things that you need to do in order for this process to be profound. Number one, you got to use your imagination. Okay. Number two, you got to follow directions, which I'm sure you're great at.
1: I'll do my best.
2: <laughs>
0: this is very important. Follow directions. It's like, a, it's like a recipe or it's like Google Maps. Follow directions. And number three, trust the process. Know that I'm your guide and I'm going to be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. Beautiful. Awesome. Now, we have to create your timeline. With your imaginary timeline, your past can be to your left, to your right, or behind you. If you were to know, where's your past? To your left, to your right, or behind you?
1: Behind me. Where's your future? In front of me.
0: Perfect. All right. Now, is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this fear of not being good enough today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Yes. Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event which, when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you've had this fear that I'm not good enough when you were a little kid?
1: It was a family member who said that. I should just, I shouldn't ask for more than what I have. I should be happy with what I was given and, and, uh, be content because that's enough.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. How old were you? So I, I can't remember the specifics, but I must've been around seven or eight.
0: That's perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. All right. You can go ahead. This is a guided meditation, this process. So you can go ahead and close your eyes and relax and let me know when you're ready to drop that baggage, drop your baggage. Yes. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above that first event in which you felt that fear that I'm not good enough when you were just a little kid. I want you to see your little I want you to see yourself as a little kid and I want you to see. Was that your uncle that said that?
1: I think it was multiple people.
0: Okay, see all of them. I want you to see everyone in that room. I want you to see the whole event as it it was. Let me know when you are above that event. Okay. Okay, now stay right there, floating above the event. And just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can preserve the learnings so that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learnings. Yes. Awesome. Now, with your eyes closed and looking at that event from a third person point of view, tell me, what is something that you can take from that event that you learned that you can take into the future with you and be better?
1: It was a saying that I I have used in the past, but have I don't know not forgot them, but but not enlisted and it is uh, the understanding and um, repetition of saying with God, all things are possible.
0: That's right. That's right. Awesome. Now just imagine floating up above your timeline and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age, let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. Okay. Awesome. Now, as you're above the dinosaurs, float deeper and deeper and deeper into space, to where space and the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Mm. All right. Now, just imagine floating there, weightless in space. And ask yourself, now, where are the emotions? Tell me, are they there or have they disappeared? Now.
1: Disappeared. Non-existent.
0: Awesome. Now, float down inside the event. Sing through your own eyes as a little kid and check on the emotions. Tell me, are they there or have they disappeared? Now.
1: The emotion is not there.
0: Awesome. Float back above the dinosaurs and then float into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. Let me know when you're there. Okay. All right. Listen closely. Float very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt that fear that I'm not good enough. From birth until now, in chronological order, don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of that fear that I'm not good enough all the way back to now. Go. That's right. Let it go. Let it go. That's right.
2: Okay.
0: Awesome. Flow down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> how was that? How'd you, how did you feel?
1: Good. I, clearer. Um. When I came back, everything was bright. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, imagery. Uh, lots of imagery.
0: Yeah. 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 How, many, how many memories you think you went to?
1: Um, you know, I felt like I was like um, like a pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hitting upon these, these, these points in my life um i i i wasn't able to stay long for them um but recognize like the feeling Mm
0: -hmm. you know it was easy did you get the learnings from the from the events that's the most important part
1: i did i did uh and they were different uh so so you know i had mentioned the uh the belief part right that that all things are possible
0: yeah but
1: but I think it, it even moved hold on a second. Go for I it. it pop once out.
0: No, you good. Um,
1: I think it it really started to include sort of my my interaction with others mm-hmm. in in um how much I take on of, of others. Mm-hmm. You know, uh like rec- the recognition that I that I don't define myself by others baggage yes or, or what they have to offer and that really i think was liberating in the sense of you know just created lightness and space for for me to be more of who i am yeah you know um because uh it, it can get you can get caught up in it often mm-hmm. yeah easily
0: People can project their limiting beliefs upon you all day, all night. Like, I, I, you know, like the be- the worst place for it is definitely Facebook, projecting limiting beliefs and you know this, mm-hmm. that, and the other instead of possibilities. A lot mm-hmm. of the times. Uh, so let's test it out. Do you smell bacon? No. Okay, that's a that, wanted to get your mind off of the meditation. So. Uh, can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion and go back and notice if you can feel it or you may find that you cannot?
1: No, not right now.
0: Okay, okay, get used to it. Okay, now I want you to, I want you to, go, uh, to imagine going out into the future to an unspecified time in the future in which if the same thing would have happened in the past, you would have felt that fear that I'm not good enough, but it's the future now. So see if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot. No. <laughs> how does that feel? Like when you look out into the future, how does that feel? Stress free. Mm. Why?
1: Because uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it, you know what I mean? I am who I am. Yeah. acceptance it's acceptance like you're good enough so it doesn't matter what you know what what I don't know if what happens but whether or not I get the job you know what I mean yeah or uh you know I'm good enough in order to even apply for the job because what what I have to offer is enough.
0: Ooh the confidence you hear that that difference in how you're like how you're confident about like like it doesn't matter and i'm good enough i see my value
1: yeah it's nice
0: (laughs) right um how do you feel about uh leaving the county council now after the nine years and the future upon that
1: uh brighter Mm. you know my my you know, our hope always is to—at least for me—is to like yeah. new, expanding, you know, opportunities. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, at least for the last six months, it's been—you know—some of what I hear, like, "Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. What's the next best thing? You know, or what can how what, what can you do better? Or you know, or or how are you going to spend your time? Or how are you going to make money?"
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and um, I, I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. I, I really, and I, I'm not sure if I, I was worried about it before, mm-hmm. except that now the feeling uh, supports it. Mm. Yes. Uh, you know, so like, I, I would say like when, when I really sat down, I'd be like, nah, you know, I, but it'd be like a itch somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> a little voice there, you know, I'd be like, mm-hmm. But you should probably think about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> or you should probably do something. Or you should probably talk to somebody. Uh, you know? uh, so that um, I don't know if it's a sense of urgency or that that um, you know that just that I, I guess it's I guess it's that little voice. You know, it's it's kind of quiet now because it's um, the feeling is there enough to not have it be present.
0: How does that feel to have the silence of the voice?
1: Liberating, mm. relaxing. Mm. Yeah, I, I do think it's less stress. <laughs> or maybe even more joy. Amen. You know, because then you can accept more.
0: Yes. Yes. You can be more in the present. Mm. You know, you don't have to worry about the things that have not yet to come. You know, you can stay right here. And. There's there's plenty of solutions to problems. There's plenty of solutions and the things that we perceive as problems aren't even problems you know it's just the things that we like the worst case scenario that might be to come if things go haywire right which usually they don't but now there can be an acceptance of where you are right now and hopefully an appreciation of the journey to where you're going
1: yeah i mean there really is the more out there it feels like you know for me and yeah um I've always felt like, uh, you know, for for my work at the council, mm-hmm. while I'll be willing to sort of continue service in in, in government, mm-hmm. that that there were benchmarks for me to to look at that were uh, m- more about. It's just always been, I think, part of it was I, the way I've tricked myself in the past would be like it's it's about it's okay because I'm looking at it for other people Mm -hmm. for other people Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know and i think it's it's fine because really for me it's an acceptance that there's there's more abundance out there for me um and 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 it won't take away from what i've contributed to already exactly
0: wow what and like what a mindset that we know like energetically that once you are in that abundant mindset that you'll just attract more of that you know if you're it's kind of it's kind of like the the uh uh, the theory of of the boy the huh (laughs) like the secret exactly exactly it's the secret you know what i mean like you you, if you match the the vibrational or the frequency of what you want that then you'll attract it you know the law of
2: attraction yeah law of attraction
0: so right there i mean you've already you you already see the the breadcrumbs that drop in front of you so much now to see that without the the stress and the, the negative voices and everything but to be like oh look at this i should go that way you know without the buffer uh, huh
1: that's pretty or the reason you know there's always there'd always have to be a reason mm. you know what I mean? like oh that's a good reason that's a good excuse for me i have i should do that because of others or i should do that because it's the right thing to do right that's always sort of uh impetus for uh, yeah to move, but mm-hmm. yeah. I uh, I do feel like yeah, this this fleeting emotion that's been around for a long time was already fizzling out, but I think you might have stomped it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, and you were just so used to to having that, right? You're just like, oh, it's always gonna be there. And now it's like, huh, this feels good. <laughs> like, oh man, <laughs> like I can't think. Like, wow, I should have did this a while ago. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Good, man, good. I'm super happy for you, that's awesome. You deserve it. Like anybody in the, world, in, in the world deserves it. You deserve it. Just because of how much you give. I mean, and just the heart that you have. The more that you're free to do what you want, the more that you're going to be able to bless others. And there's a lot of people out there that's waiting for your blessings.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. That's what's up. Thank you so much for showing up for your divine appointment, Mason. I really appreciate you answering that text.
1: <laughs> My pleasure. It's been uh it's been a good time. And uh, I appreciate the work that you're doing. I think it's transformative and uh, we need to, get every person in front of you here, you know, <laughs> order to, you yeah. know move the needle, man, move the needle for, 100%. for us first, because when that happens for us, man, the world opens up for everyone.
0: 100%. Yeah.
1: That's,
0: that's what it's all about, man. Just
1: appreciate that stuff. Yes, for sure.
0: Hmm. Hmm. and thank you all out there who have listened to this wonderful podcast with mason and i i really appreciate your attention and your support if you're on facebook and youtube please consider get, uh, hitting the like and subscribe button and if you're on a podcast platform give a brother five stars and give me some feedback out there i really appreciate it um mason Like, just thanks again. Any, uh, please give us some wise words. I mean, you've already given us so many, (laughs) but give us one more before uh, we get up out of here.
1: Uh, You know, I think trust, trust in yourself, right? Trust that we're not alone. Trust that there there are many that surround us constantly that uh, are there to help, to help scaffold us. And, and, uh, you know, from there, there are no limits. There are no boundaries, right? And uh, just believe all things are possible.
0: Mm -hmm. Especially through the creator. Especially through the creator. (laughs) Amen. Hey, you guys, thank you so much again. Take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace.
2: Aloha.